They say, oh, the Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Please be seated. Come in your troubles, see. I'm going to uh, focus on this scripture from the, script, from the Bible here. Uh, Mark chapter 4, beginning from verse 35 to 41. And the message is going to be coming out of this uh, passage in the scripture here. The Bible says, on the same day when evening had come, he said to them, that's Jesus said to them, let us cross over to the other side. Now when they had left the multitude, the two came along in the, along in the boat as he was. And other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. But he was, in this turn, asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Then he arose and rebuked the wind and the sea, and said to the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. But he said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly. So they were fearful, but now they are afraid even more. They feared exceedingly and said to one another, Who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? This passage is taken, if you start from the very beginning of the scripture here, it was the day that Jesus was ministering the parable of the sower, and he had a lot of parables to speak. And Jesus had been speaking all day. They started possibly in the morning, and this was evening time, and they had to leave. But there's something here, Jesus told them, let's go to the other side. Let's go to the other side. And then they spent a lot of time getting rid of the crowd. Especially if you read in another scripture, Jesus was actually doing this while they were waiting for him in the boat. So you can think about Jesus. He's been busy all day. It was time to rest. And they had to go to the other side. But what they didn't know was that trouble was on the way to the other side. Not only, would you know the scriptures, not only dealing with the waves and the wind, they also had, when they arrived on the other side, they were going to be dealing with a demon-possessed man. Now, what is this all about? God pushes us always into greater heights. When you think it's time to relax, when you think it's time to rest, his mind is to get you to the other side, a greater height, but you've got to be tested. We have to go through these things, even though we don't want to handle them. We don't want to go through them. 
So Jesus told them, we're going to the other side. And the Bible tells us that they took him as he was into the boat. The disciples themselves were already tired, dealing with the crowd and all of that. This was relaxation time. It would be easy if Jesus had told and said, well, let's, let's look for a place to rest here today. No, we're going to the other side. It never ceases. We have to keep working for our God. God wants us to keep doing something. He wants us to get to greater heights. But the Bible says he's, they took him as he was into the boat. What does that mean? That... They took him. It's usually the other way. He's the one to welcome. But the disciples were careful. To, they understood Jesus, even though he was God, was a man. He was exhausted. He was totally exhausted with everything that's happened. And so they looked at him. Notice what they did. He went in and he went straight to sleep. Nobody questioned they understood. They were busy with the boat and they allowed him to sleep. Lots of consideration. What does that have to do with us? He is in your boat. You have accepted him into your boat. He is in your life. He's there, always there with you. Let him have rest. In your life. Let him be comfortable. In the way you live. Let his name be uh, exalted. By how. You carry him. Notice. He was in their boat. But the Bible also tells us. There were other boats. That were coming along with them. Other boats going. But they were not in the boat. That Jesus was in. Jesus was in the disciples' boat. But there were other boats that wanted to be with Jesus. Guess what? They they were not looking after the disciples. They were not looking to have anything with the disciples. The only focus they had was Jesus in their boat. So when Jesus is in your boat, people will come if he's at peace. And you're not doing things that will cause problems within resting in your boat. So they took him just as if you've accepted Christ as Lord and Savior. You've taken him into your life. He's got to be Lord in your life. Even though he seems as if he's taking his rest in your life. But notice what it says. They had not gone so far. In verse 37. They hadn't gone so far before there was a storm. That they had to deal with. They had to deal with that particular storm. Now, in life, we sail the, we sail the sea of, li- of life in a very va- fragile boat. Okay? But it's always better for you to have Jesus in your boat. Let me ask you this question. Would you rather be in a place... Where there is no danger. But Jesus is not there with you. Or in a place where there is a lot of danger. But Jesus is in your boat. I would rather have Jesus in my boat. Even though there is danger. 
Notice, they had here this windstorm that suddenly arose. And that's what happens to us in life. And with the word of prophecy that came to us tonight, he's telling us about that. Wave after wave. It seems that in life, when troubles come, they just, it's not usually one trouble. They come in bunches. Is the wind, the wind stirs up this, the water. Now you got not just wind, not just a tornado. You're dealing with the tornado or the uh, hurricane. But also you have to deal with the boat. I mean, the, with the waves. So it's, it's all, troubles always come to us in bunches. They never come alone. Have you been so everything seems to be okay? And then all of a sudden, one thing happens. And then you're dealing with that one and another and another. All coming at you and you seem overwhelmed. That's the way life is. That's the way we sail through the sea of life. It will come. But it's always better for us to have Jesus inside our boat. In that way, we know we have him. So we have to deal with that. Look at what the scripture says here in Psalm 42, verse 7. I know we know the scriptures very well. It says, deep calls unto deep at the noise of your waterfalls. I know we refer to that scripture as deep calls out to deep. But really, if you read the scripture in context, David was in a lot of trouble. And here it says, all your waves and billows have gone over me. So you got all these waves, all of these things coming at your life. But the only good thing is that you have Jesus in your boat. There's one thing that we must always know. Is that regardless of what's going on in your life, if God is with you, the boat may be filling up, but it will never fill up completely. It will never fill up completely if Jesus is in that boat. You are never totally swamped. Not with Jesus in your boat. Even though it appears like he's sleeping, you will never be in a place. Waves after waves coming at you just as with life. That's what we deal with. We never deal with one storm at one time. We're dealing with another storm and another storm. It's like there is a flood that comes in. Just now, the flood. Now you got to deal with the flood. Now you've, the next thing, you've lost your house. And then you call the insurance company to tell them about what's happened. And they're telling you, you don't have flood insurance, so we're not going to help you. And now you have to take, it's just, it doesn't end. It, they just come in that way. But if Jesus is with you, the scripture tonight is telling you that God is in control. And he will take care of whatever problem that you are going through. God never allows us to be completely swamped, no matter what's going on in our life. 
if you read the scriptures here, it's always easy for us to come up with the wrong conclusion when we are going through a storm. We always feel like, I've dealt with these problems before, this one is different. And there's a feeling that I'll never come out of this, I'm going to drown in this. There is no way out, there is no way I can survive this. But one thing we forget, did God deal with your former problems? How did you get through them? The former one you had made you feel like this was it. There's no way out. But somehow, God came through for you. We tend to forget. That's why the scripture will always tell us, don't forget. Remember. Always remember what God has done in the past. Rehearse it it in your heart. Think about what God has done for you in the past. Especially when you're dealing with a problem. You're so close to the problem, you're not able to see it. That's what we deal with. A call can cause you to be so afraid. But what about what God did in the past? Maybe a similar problem, but something maybe different. God saw you through. You see, the disciples had seen a lot of miracles. But in this situation, to them this was different. Even with Jesus in their boat, they were scared. Totally scared. They forgot about Jesus turning, uh, uh, multiplying bread and feeding the 5,000. That was not in their thinking. Turning water into wine. No. They were really afraid. What were they afraid of? We're going to die. How can you die with the Son of God in your boat? <laughs> it's impossible. It's impossible. No matter what you're going through, Jesus is already giving us the promise. I will always be with you, even to the end of the age. Not to be with you, as it seems in the scripture, like he was there asleep. No, he's there. He seems like he's not paying attention. We talked about, we heard it in prophecy. God says, I care. I care about you. But he's always there, not to observe but to do something about what you're going through. That's why he is God. That's why he came. That's why you took him, even as he was, into your boat. Others may not accept him in their boat, but you accepted him, even as you heard the message, you accepted him. Now he is in your boat. That boat cannot drown. I mean, the boat will not sink. You'll never drown. It's impossible for the boat to drown. But tonight, apart from the message that we heard, remember, maybe you're going through something here in your life. No, that thing will not take you out. God's there for you. I don't care what it is. Whether it's sickness, it doesn't matter what the problem is. You have to be encouraged. God is in my boat and I will not sink. I will be okay. So never come to the wrong conclusion. The disciples, they came to the wrong conclusion. They figured he's sleeping, he doesn't care. Now, that really brought out Jesus' humanity. 
he was exhausted. <laughs> to the point, if you want to think about Jesus being a man, he was a real man. He had been speaking, ministering to people all day, dispersing the crowd and everything. He was exhausted, but the thing for us, we protect what we carry. Amen? They were protecting Jesus. Let him sleep. He deserves it. Amen? So we protect with our lives what we carry because there are other boats around. They want him. They don't want you. They want him. Amen? And because you are protecting him, they want to be close to him. They want to be close to Jesus in your boat. But that boat is not going down. They came to the wrong conclusion. That because he is sleeping, he may not really care. But it's funny. When you are the son of God, and I said, that was Jesus. Yes. But you are a son of God. Male and female. No female. <laughs> no male. In heaven, they're all like the angels. You are a child of God. Jesus knew his father. The waves wouldn't wake him up. He was asleep. The wind, he was asleep. No big deal. Just like a man, son of God. Peace was inside. He knew his father was with him. And Jesus said, the one who is with me is greater than all. Including the waves and everything. It didn't bother him. They came to the conclusion he didn't care. Now, I know we've always gone with this. Uh, that they were expecting Jesus to do something about it. And Jesus didn't care about them uh, uh, dying. That's really a little different. They're saying, you and us, we're dying. <laughs> Think about it. Don't you care that we're drowning? We're going to drown. We always think that they were saying, listen, they had never seen Jesus do something like that before. They had no reference for faith. Think about it. They didn't know Jesus could do that. So in their mind, are you not concerned that we're going to die? Get a bucket. Join us in this labor of praying to survive. Can you get it? If, if, if they knew he could do it, why were they so shocked when he did it? They were not expecting any miracle. Think about it. They were not expecting anything. They just wanted him to be as concerned as they were. How many of us do that to people <laughs> if we're concerned and the other person seems to become, you don't care? Our family is going through this and you just act like you're calm and you're mad at them for being calm. When they got fit, why don't you cause yourself out? You're the one that's in trouble. Hello? That's the way it is. He who believes does not make haste. You're not, you're not troubled. You're not troubled. So basically they were saying, don't you care? Get a bucket. We got to get the water out of the boat. And you sleeping, you need to join us. 
and do some work with us and help us with this. That's the way I believe they were thinking. I know we always think that they were thinking, oh, a miracle, help us. No, that's not what they were thinking. They've never seen Jesus do that before, like I said. they never seen him do And they didn't think he could do anything about it. Basically, help us with this stuff. But no, no matter how hard you try on your own, uh, the water will still come in the boat. Whenever you're trying, they sit on your own, it seems like the problem gets worse. Hello? You can't do it on your own. Jesus said, without me, you can what? Do absolutely nothing. They were not really praying this time. They were desperate and they were lashing at everybody, including Jesus, because he was at peace and sleeping. And they conclude that he doesn't care. But take it again to the way we think about life. When we're going through difficult times and God doesn't act quickly, we change our mind. We start making calls to people. We start saying things that we shouldn't say about faith. How come God didn't do this for me? How come God hasn't... Why don't he just slap my husband real good? And <laughs> wake him up. Make him do what's right. I've been praying. Pastor, I'm telling you, I've been praying. I even fasted. And God has not... Well, you said God has not. Why should he? You've already said it. So we come to the wrong conclusion immediately and we've already decided and we know what we believe. You already believe God's not doing anything and so you got what you believed for. You said what you believe. And so we quickly come up to the, with the wrong conclusion about him, that he doesn't care. Now this scripture is there for us to understand that God cares. Even though it may appear like he doesn't care, and he's delaying, and he's doing nothing about it, and you are about to drown. He still cares. And believe me, you're not going to drown, not with him in your boat. If you have confidence in him, you are not going to drown. For those of us that are here tonight, there was a word of prophecy that came from this line. It's a law of double reference. Basically, God wants you to establish it. Those of us that are here, if you're not having a difficult problem in your life, God's telling you, you may be having one coming, but you need to remember tonight. Amen? Because this is not a coincidence. God's bringing them both together. Sometimes things can be going so well, and all of a sudden, the things are turning the other way. And don't look to it. Financially, Things may, be, may seem to be going so well, and it's been a long time. No, no ups and downs. Everything has been so good. You're doing well. And then something unexpectedly. And these things always come suddenly. They just come. And then after that one, one after the other. And God allows it. It's a test to see what you will do. You know, with Job, God allowed it. And with Job, it was one after the other. It started all of a sudden. His life was okay. He started all of a sudden. And it's just like one wave after another. And that's the way it is in our lives. That's why the Bible says, don't think it's strange when these things come at you. 
is sometimes a test. Don't come up with the wrong conclusion about what's going on in your life. Because I believe when, if God allows it, he's training you in the school of faith. So you can get to a higher level. Because if he doesn't put you through this, how would you be able to handle a higher trial? Something bigger than that. But with every test, if you pass the test, you go to the next class. You're promoted. You can't be promoted without a test. You have to take the finals, okay? We don't like finals, but you got to take the finals. You have to take the test. You can't be in school for all, year, all through the year without a test. How could they tell if you are good enough to go to the next level? You got to go through the test. But we don't like tests. We hate them. But you have to take them to go. And so God knows that's the way life is. And so we have to go through this. But we must always remember that God is with us. He's always with me. Always. He promised that. And he cannot lie. He's always with me. No matter what the issue is. Sometimes it's best not to listen to people. Just be by yourself and your God. Because some, if you listen to them, they will make you, <laughs> they will make you drown quickly. Because they'll be telling you all the negative things. They know of a person that had the same kind of problem that you have, and the person went down real fast. And what they're telling you is, you're going down real fast. Now that's what they're telling you. And after they tell you that, fear grips your heart. And you're ready for it. You brace yourself for what you're going to suffer. Not with Jesus in your boat. God can reverse anything. There's nothing that he cannot reverse. God can reverse anything. So don't ever come with the wrong conclusion. Your best efforts will fail you. Trust in God. Amen? We got to trust in God. Let me tell you something. This is really important. Storms are noisy. The waves, very noisy. Notice, before, if it was calm, they could have called to the nest boats around, you know. Hey, guys, help. Now when it's stormy, you hear nothing but the storm. You can't call out to the nest boat. They can't hear you. Sometimes you can't even see them. What am I saying? Storms always will speak to you. When these troubles come, it may come in the form of a male. But I tell you what, you put your head down to sleep, and you hear words that you never want to hear. <laughs> okay? And we call it thinking. Okay? And all these pictures begin to appear to you before you. Before long, you can't believe where you find yourself. But nothing has happened yet. But you've already drawn all these pictures of what's going to happen to you. It's really noisy. You can't hear 
somebody comes in to encourage you. Thank you very much. But you go right back and these pictures come back again. And Satan will magnify them. They're so huge. Think about it. How many of these dreams, or what would I call them, that you've had of bad things that was going to come to you and nothing really happened? They all just disappeared. That's the world that we live in. Because we are spirit beings and we have to, there are spirits all over us. And they, 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 just like in, we don't see the snake as Eve saw snake in the garden, but the snakes are still around. And they are telling you, I, I know pastor said this, <laughs> but why don't you face the reality? Look at what's going on. And they tell you, let me tell you exactly uh, what's going to happen. You will be wise. Just like God, that's Satan. But now, he's going to give you pictures of how terrible things are going to be. Even with Jesus in your boat. So you have to tell him, no, no. That's why the Bible says, resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Most of the time, we don't see him with our eyes. But he's giving you all these pictures. I'm sure the disciples in that situation, they saw themselves, this is it. We'll never see land anymore. We'll never catch fish anymore. It's all over. I'm telling you, look at the waves. See how tall it's over. But with Jesus inside the boat, you will make it. You will make it. Storms are noisy. In those days, I used to, it was a song, it just really... Um, it's stuck in my head. Sometimes I, I get the songs in my mind just to remind myself about storms. And it's taken from Psalm 93. And uh, sometimes it's better to sing these things to remind yourself in the Word about these storms. It tells us in Psalm 93, verse 2 and 4, uh, 2 uh, through 4, Your throne is established from of old. That's God's throne. It's established from of old. You, God, are from everlasting. You, God, are from everlasting. Then he goes to his trouble. The floods have lifted up. That's the sea. Oh, Lord. The floods have lifted up what? Their voice. The waves, they're speaking to you. They're telling you, you're going to drown. But you know God is from of old, before the waves. His throne has been established from everlasting. His throne, his throne, established from of old. You are from everlasting. Now, he said, God, look, the floods have lifted up. Oh Lord, the floors have lifted up their voice. The troubles that are coming at you, those stories, the things that are coming at you to bring you down, that's the floor that's lifting up, just like their physical flood that they dealt with in the sea. They've lifted up their head, lifted up their waves. But then it says, the Lord on high is mightier. Because he's from of old. 
He is from everlasting. He knows the end from the beginning. He knew about the flood. He knew about the waves. Before you got there, he knew. We're coming to that quickly. He knew. Even when he told them, as exhausted as he was, that while they were going, there was going to be trouble in the way. But he still said, we're going. We're going. The Lord on high is mightier than the noise of many waters. The Lord on high is mightier than the noise. The waves are speaking to you, but God is mightier. That's what the scripture is saying. Then the noise of many waters. A lot of trouble. But God will see you through them. God will see you through them. Than the, than the mighty waves of the sea. That's what we're dealing with. Before they got there. I wish that this, the disciples knew the scripture. I'm sure they did. But when the trouble's right in your face. You don't remember anything. Because it's so noisy. We have to understand that with God, peace is, is available at all times, no matter what you're going through. You can decide to have it, or you can decide to worry. The Bible is very clear. It says, be anxious for nothing. Hey, you want to define nothing? Nothing means nothing. <laughs> okay? Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, no matter what you're going through, voice it to God. Prayer is just telling God what's happening. He already knows, but He wants it to come from your mouth. The best prayer is to say, God, you see, and David did this. And Ezekiah did that. He said, did you hear what that man is saying? God, he heard it already, but Ezekiah... He will repeat it. I even, Ezekiah will take the man's letter and put it before God and say, God, you know, now read. Read what this man is saying about you. He wants you to tell him. So the Bible says, if you are going to be anxious, don't pray. Right? Be anxious for nothing. But, so... He said that you are right, uh, you are anxious, or you go the other way, right? Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, in other words, request, making your request, with thanksgiving. In other words, you have the privilege to tell God what you want. So you can thank Him for that privilege. With thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God, and the peace of God, notice the, it didn't say the answer will be given, the first thing is you will have peace. The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. What that means is your mind is so peaceful, you know the answer has been delivered to you. You know, I was telling my wife about the situation, and I said to her, as far as I'm concerned, that issue is over. It's over. I got peace about it. Amen? Great faith, I don't know about all of that great faith stuff. I cry out to God until I got peace, okay? That's all I know. It's not a great faith or small faith. I have a problem, I speak it to God until I feel the peace inside. But you know, it's an everlasting peace. 
He stays with you until the problem is over. Until the storm is not there. That's why we need to pray. You, you pray until you have peace. When I don't have peace yet, I still cry out to God. And I'm telling God, what's going on? Until I have my peace. Sometimes I have the peace. This is just my life. I will pray about a thing. I will have peace for a while. And then the trouble and then peace. But at that time, I don't quit praying until I have absolute peace. And I don't want to hear anything about it anymore. Because we truly have a God who answers prayers. If God's not God, if Jesus is not God, and God does not exist, the way I tell myself, if, if Jesus is not seated at the right hand of the Father, then I'm in real trouble. But if Jesus, that same Jesus, is seated at the Father's right hand, you wave, you're going nowhere. And I rest my case in that. Don't know the future, but the future is in my Father's hands. So you don't have to worry. Peace is available at all times. No storm lasts forever. No matter how terrible the storm is, you're going through it. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. You come in on the other side. We know about it here. The hurricane is coming and we are watching the news and we're wondering what's going to happen. And storms are localized. You won't have hurricane that's taking all over the world. Storms are usually localized. Is that here in the United States or somewhere else, in the south or in the north, fire in uh, California, and then we're going to... Storms are usually localized. But every storm will pass. No storm in life lasts forever. If you know that, then you can have peace. Whatever you're going through, he's going to pass. And with God, he's going to pass with a good result. Because the Bible says, all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to, Japheth, or to, according to his purpose. So it's not your purpose, his purpose. And when you pray and you talk to him, you connect with his purpose and you got peace, even though the trouble is still there. But this storm will pass. You know how many days Paul had this storm in the sea, physical storm? Two weeks. Two weeks he was going through that. But it passed. And not a single soul died. Paul said, I believe God. He told me, no life's going to be lost. The boat's going to be lost. We lost the cargo, but not a life, not a single soul. And that's exactly what happened. No storm lasts forever. There's a scripture that says, let God arise and let his enemies be scattered. Please give me a little bit of time tonight. Because I, mean, I want to conclude this message. Let God arise and let his enemies be scattered. God is there. What does that mean? First, anything that is troubling your life, 
God sees it as his enemy. That's right. Anything that causes you unrest, any wave that comes into your life, God sees it as his enemy. So, your problem, that's God's enemy. Sickness is hated by God. He put it on his son. Sin is hated by God. He also put it on his son. And the Bible also tells you, God is the one who gives you the power to get well. That he might establish his covenant with you. That's Deuteronomy 8 verse 18. So, and in, in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, God made, uh, chapter 8 verse 9, God makes it clear. He became poor that we might become rich. He put poverty on his son so that we can have enough to take care of ourselves and our family. That's the scripture. Everything that's fighting against your life, everything that's fighting against you having a good life, because he came to give us life and life in abundance, that's an enemy of God. And when the coming waves, that's truly an enemy. Let God arise and his enemies be scattered. You call on him. That's in Psalm 68, verse 1. You know, they, they, told, they went to Jesus and they woke him up. And immediately Jesus spoke to the wind. Notice he never talked to them. He spoke to the wind. First he spoke to the wind. And then he told the waves, you be quiet. Peace, be still. And then he turned to them and said to them, Why were you so fearful? How is it that you don't have, I think he put it this way, Why is it that you have no faith? Why is it that you have no faith? Why were you fearful? Why is it that you have no faith? What is he talking about? Is it that the disciples had no faith? Well, they've done a lot of miracles before this time, right? They had faith. But the issue here was from the very beginning, he gave them his word. We're going to the other side. Didn't he tell them that? That would have been enough. We're going to the other side. That's what he told them. Get in the boat and let's go to the other side. That was good enough for them. Every time you forget the promise of God, fear will come in. Every time you forget what God has said in his word, because of the waves, you will have fear. Every time you forget that promise that God has given to you, every time you doubt the promise or forget the promise, you will have fear and fear will attract what you are afraid of. So we have to remember what he promised. He gave them a promise. He told them, we are going to the other side. This is the everlasting God that told them that. There is no wave that is going to stop them. There is no wind that could stop them from getting to the other side. They should have believed him. But the thing is, they, they couldn't put those things together. And many times the Bible said they didn't consider the miracle of the bread. When Jesus said, don't have a part with the living of the Pharisees that oh we forgot bread Jesus, I'm not talking about bread 
Don't you remember the five loaves and the four loaves and how many people were fed? I'm not talking about bread. Okay, now we got it. We got it, they said. But this time they, were still, they couldn't put it together. So Jesus asked them the question, why is it that you have no faith? You should have believed in what I told you. Because I told you we're going to the other side. But they didn't trust that. They were looking at the waves and the noise coming from the waves. What is it in your life? What promise has God given you that you are going to the other side and you've seen it and there's a dream there. You are excited, but now troubles have come into your dream and now you are almost letting go. You forgot his promise. Stay with his promise. Now notice, they didn't answer his question. They didn't answer they had their own question. <laughs> okay? Question for question. Jesus said, why have you no faith? They said, they were so scared. Because in their mind, their eyes were finally opened. They were no longer afraid of the waves. They were afraid of who was in the boat with them. <laughs> okay? He says, they were frightened beyond measure. And they, they didn't answer his question. Who can this be? He can talk to the wind. And the wind and they listen to him. We thought that was Jesus. Look. Who can this be? Who are we really? You remember the Jews believe if you see God, what will happen to you? You die. <laughs> this time they knew. No other person can do this. Because the scripture is very clear about that. It tells us in Psalm 107, verse 25, For he commands and raises the stormy wind, which lifts up the waves of the sea. In other words, God has control over them. Only God can do this. So they were thinking, wow, that's not just Jesus. They were frightened beyond measure as the one, more of the one in the boat than the waves this time. May that be our portion in Jesus' name. Amen. So we are more afraid of who is in our boat. Because there is nothing that he cannot do. He can steal the waves and everything. Because he is God himself. So what wave is in your life right now? What wind is blowing your way to make you afraid? Have you forgotten his promise to you? He will never leave you. Oh my God. I didn't realize it was so much time. I was having fun. Stand up. We're closing right now. <laughs> but did you get anything out of this tonight? I was praying right here before, after the message that, that God will uh, somehow fill you with that faith that comes from his word as you hear the word tonight that you will not forget what God has spoken to you tonight when these difficulties come maybe there's somebody here that God's preparing to, to walk with to get you to a higher place in your walk with God don't be afraid when troubles come because scripture is very clear all things work together for good for those who love God, to those 
who are called according to his purpose. And we must always remember that he hasn't forgotten you. He's engraving you in the palm of his hand. He cannot forget you. He will take care of you. Even if it seems as if he's sleeping, he's still caring for you and will take care of your problem. Father, we thank you tonight. Thank you for your word and thank you for the encouragement that we receive from your word. You are the truth. You are life. You are the way. And you are the way maker. And Father, I pray tonight for your people, regardless of what they're going through, regardless of the wave or the storm that's in their life, Lord, I believe that you are mightier, mightier than all of that. And you will bless your children. And with your goodness and your mercy, thank you, Father. Thank you for impacting faith into our hearts through your word, according to the scriptures tonight. We give you praise and glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for tolerating me going over time. (laughs) Ha, ha, ha.